jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out Here we are, again, after our politically contentious episode. Our our a very special episode. A very special episode. Man, those very special episodes back in the day were no joke. We haven't even, we literally just recorded that episode and we said, no, it's too separate. So now we have a regular episode for Wednesday. So we don't know how our politically contentious episode will be received. We could have been canceled by now. We could have been canceled by now. Now <laughs> we we might be stuck writing for Rebeller. Because <laughs> who else will have us? <laughs> right? But it's a shifting world, Stacey. Um, you know, we're coming out of it. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. We are reopening. Yes, we are reopening Gaylord's Manor to the public. <laughs> You can go back down the briefcase woman commemorative slip and slide. Um, Stacy's nun encounter 4D experience yeah, open. The Elsa Lancaster scream room. <laughs> uh, it is all, we are back in business. And That's you know right. what? We're not afraid. We're not. I'm not afraid. We're not scared of coronavirus. Masks we, are for pussies. Thank you. And, and, and for hats. And that's right. <laughs> Wait. Masks are for pussies. Pussies are for hats. There we go. That's my t-shirt that I'm selling at Wild Fang. So. <laughs> shit, call me in. Oh, God. We're all going to die, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's so exhausting. Everything is exhausting. It's like it's hard enough to just deal with a pandemic and deal with like your feelings during said pandemic like just existing oh let alone yeah feeling let alone feeling emotions psychological states that's that whole thing i just i don't even know anymore has it ever been so exhausting to sit at home (laughs) (laughs) right exactly that's the thing no it hasn't the most I do in a day is often thinking about what I should do in a day. Yeah. That's it. The, the very simple routine of me waking up, doing some stretches, eating chocolate, and then going back to bed is exhausting now. Right. <laughs> I had to answer like three emails the other day and I got Ew. like a migraine after it because I was like, I don't know how to work. <laughs> it yeah, it's too much. It was a lot. So I have all of these projects lined up, all these things to write, and then it's just, I just sit down. <laughs> and that's it. That's all I do for the rest of the day. And then the next thing I know, it's 8 o'clock at night. Yeah, you sit down and suddenly somehow 17 hours pass. Mm-hmm. I did tweet, uh, at the Gaylords uh, account. Yes, I at did. At Gaylords of D. At Gaylords of D. 
that I had reached the part in the quarantine where I was considering buying the Poison Ivy Blu-ray box set. Um, and where are we at in that process, Stacey? I'm still thinking about it. I'm not going to lie. The record store slash video store here is doing curbside pickup now. And they have said Blu-ray box set. Oh, Stacy, I think. I mean, first of all, who doesn't love an erotic thriller? <laughs> Never mind a box set of four of them. But am I going to, like, trudge all the way down there and buy it and then trudge all the way home and then open it and then immediately say to myself, why did I buy this? <laughs> what have I done? What have, now I'm saddled with this. Because I can't trade anything in because the stores aren't open. Now I'm saddled with this. Or I get 10 minutes into the first Poison Ivy and I say, oh God, I have 3.75 more of these to go. (laughs) (laughs) This is life in Corona time. Just think of it as like a souvenir from, from the awful now now. Oh, that could be. And besides, look at the look at the beautiful content you would have just right at your fingertips, just waiting, just at your any beckon. You would have I what? Know. Drew Barrymore, right? Yeah. And then you have what? Alyssa Milano. Uh huh. And then you have wait, who are the other ones? <clears throat> Jamie Presley. Jamie motherfucking Presley. And then the made for TV one. What's the made for TV one? <laughs> I don't know. It's the fourth one. Is a Lifetime movie. Do they, is it like the omen and they shake it up and this time it's poison boy V? <laughs> I wish. That'd be no, great. it's just another Ivy. Just this slutty little twink <clears throat> <laughs> shows <laughs> up to the house. That'd be amazing. Well, here's the problem is that like, I do say, well, it'd be great to pick it up at the store and it would be an excuse to walk across town, et cetera, et cetera. However, uh, it's not like it's porn or something. But the anonymity of ordering it on the internet seems nice rather than calling them or ordering online and saying, yes, I'm Stacy Ponder and I would like the Poison Ivy Blu-ray box set. The complete collection, please and thank you. The complete Poison Ivy collection and only the complete Poison Ivy collection, please. Thank you. I have a hankering for the erotic thriller of the early 90s. Thank you. Thank you. Why, yes, I am a lesbian. Thank you. Thank you for noticing my shoes. <laughs> Your dogs. And so then to go to the store and be like, you have to call them to let them know you're there and be like, yes, hello, I'm Stacy Ponder. I'm here to pick up my Poison Ivy Blu-ray box set, please. I am and- calling in right now and putting in an order for you so you have to do that. <laughs> it just seems like... Boy, well, at least I'll have a mask on, I suppose. All that plus the like, like you know, like then the Amazon employees are like, it should be deliveries for essential services, not for dildos. Or like you get right. I'll see posts from my friends that work in grocery stores, and they're like, okay, you're coming through here and you're buying one Jolly Rancher. Like, what the, I'm endangering my life for this, but then Stacey Ponder, video collector, (laughs) goes to, (laughs) they come out in their mask to deliver you, much like in The Last of Us, to trade off, (laughs) to hand off poison ivy, (laughs) including the made-for-TV special. (laughs) To be fair... 
to buy it from them, it is supporting a small local business who expressly sells movies and music. Yes. And, you know, is a small place that I uh, patronize all the time when the world is not plagued with plague. So that's better than ordering it from Amazon. You know, these people. Mm-hmm. Is it still something that has to be done? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I say yes. Right. Now that you now that you situate it in terms of supporting and sustaining a small local business that you believe in. So what you're saying is that if I'm going to, you know, speak truth to power. Yes. And Stand up for my words with my actions, like I said on last week's episode. Yes, do you have the courage of your convictions? Is it my then duty as a homosexual, uh, liberal? Progressive is the word we use. Progressive, I'm sorry. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) To support the local business by buying the poison ivy (laughs) box. Yes, 100%. I hope listeners, I mean, I'm not going to tell anybody to start a hashtag brave thread about this, but if (laughs) there's anything that deserves it, it might be this. You are hashtag brave. You are modeling be best. I am a girl boss. You are girl boss. You are eat, pray, love, and that poison ivy. You are... You are single-handedly revitalizing the economy. Okay. I'll do it, but I'll tell you one thing. I regret it already. (laughs) Well, we already knew that. It's (laughs) you we're talking about. (laughs) You regret it. I have something to giggle about. (laughs) Everyone's happy. (laughs) The cycle continues. The cycle continues ever onward. This is just like Battlestar Galactica the series. All of this has happened before, and all of this will happen again, (laughs) said the woman stuck inside the computer machine. That's right. She was cool. Yeah, she was. So there you go. All right, well, whatever. That's for the future. I want Poison Boivy to exist. Well, then, make it happen. You've got a camera. He could be like Adam Rippon or something, and he'd be like, oh, no, I lost my skates. (laughs) I don't know. Did I... my thong fall off? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we, our writing is really... <laughs> you can tell we've been spending a lot of time honing our craft. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Shakespeare wrote King Lear. We can write Poison Boivy. <laughs> right? Whatever. <laughs> this straight dad that's like, why are you hitting on me? What are you doing? Put what? your thong back on. <laughs> Why are, where did you get that? Why did you come in here with a thong and ice skates? Also, there's some crossover with the fanfic here and you have, your skin is chlorophyll. I'm really confused. (laughs) (sighs) Well, we'll see how that story plays out. Oh, I can't wait. Next week, listeners, you might get an update on the Poison Ivy Blu-ray collection. Jesus Christ. 
What is my life? I you know? think it is wonderful, and I am a, I am single-handedly here standing for it. <laughs> That's I am standing in front of that Baskin Robbins waving <laughs> my sign, saying, give her poison ivy or give her death. We want erotic thrillers, and we want them now! <laughs> I'm talking Emmanuel. I'm talking Poison Ivy. I do love an erotic thriller, though, right? Like, they're so... How can you not? Entertaining. The 90s! A 90s psychosexual thriller? Ugh. Oh, my God. Nothing just... Nothing gets my mozzarella string cheese wet like that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well... TMI. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> all right. I apologize. But whatever. Again, this is for the future. Yes. We are living in the now. And Re- the now. Regrettably so. <laughs> regrettably so. I let someone, no names. I will not name a name. Who is this someone you're always talking about? But someone involved with this show okay. who is not me. Matthew talked me bad. into doing an episode Brahms <laughs> The Boy 2 If it doesn't have it all right there in that ham-fisted title After telling me that Brahms The Boy 2 is a terrible film So terrible they saw it twice Again, no names well, They saw it in theaters and then purchased the 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 uh, mere meekly priced 9.99 digital component i don't know who that is of course yeah well you know i also bought it on digital for oh, this no, you did well here's the thing despite the hundreds of thousands of blu-rays and dvds i have and vhs tapes i have in my home despite the hundreds of thousands of streaming services i have subscribed to since covid-19 was born <laughs> We're going to do Brahms the Boy 2, which I have to rent. (laughs) Also, it should be said, despite all those things that we both own and subscribe to, I also just keep buying things. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm trying to restart the economy. (laughs) It's noble. But then I went to rent Brahms the Boy 2 digitally, and it was $5, and to own it was $10. And I said to myself, perhaps this will be something... That I will have to watch again in the future. If I write something about it, I might as well spend the extra $5. Yeah, there you go. And now, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> much like all the families throughout time have been saddled with this Brahms character, <laughs> I too am now saddled with this Brahms character, forever tied to my Microsoft account. <laughs> it's just going to haunt your purchase history. It's going to haunt like, purchase history. It's like that uh, when Apple put the U- the U2 album on the iTunes that we all had to download every time. And anytime you sync your iTunes, you it's like, do you want the U2 album? And I'm like, no, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's always there. It's always there. It's like, and it felt as embarrassing as I imagine it will feel to go pick up the Poison Ivy Blu-ray box set. <laughs> Even though I rented it via the Xbox on my controller, there was no human interaction whatsoever. And yet I felt like my Xbox even was shaming me. (laughs) Your Xbox is like, really, girl? (laughs) Girl, you're going to buy that? (laughs) 
to own? <laughs> yes, Xbox. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Which is actually full on lifted dialogue straight from real life. <laughs> because, yeah, I, this because, is quarantine. Be real the, X- quarantine. <laughs> uh, the Xbox is my only friend right now. Don't yuck my yum, don't shade our love. So what if I fuck my Xbox? If I fuck my Xbox, okay? (laughs) That is between me and my Xbox. And now Brahms. And now Brahms. Don't, don't look down on our thruple. (laughs) All right. How did you think? Desperate times. What do you think is going to happen when Annabelle finds out? She's gonna. She always works her way in. I know. She's the cause of all this. She, <laughs> I tell you, listeners, Annabelle is the reason we are suffering through this plague right now. She is ground zero. She's ground zero. Why? Because Women with Guts was like four months away. And I was starting to think about my lecture, my presentation. And I said, Ugh, I don't want to have to watch those movies. I don't want to have to watch them again to prepare for this, but I must. And I got those DVDs, the complete Annabelle collection. <laughs> One of the and many I... collections that you know. <laughs> I'm a collection collector. Yeah. Uh, I said, I don't want to watch these. And she was like, oh, really, bitch? <laughs> and the next thing you know, COVID-19 arrives. <laughs> no women with guts. I'm saddled with the Annabelle collection. So blame her she's very powerful (laughs) if you trace it back even further it could even go back to you flying on an airplane when a pandemic was just about to begin and began where in the pacific northwest you flew to the pacific northwest to see me play annabelle that's true and then maybe you brought something back and then maybe it destroyed new york city and the entire united states I mean, I did go out there to see specifically you as Annabelle. And after I came back, if you look at our episode history, in the throes of the grip, I was very sick for like six weeks after mm-hmm. that trip. Hmm. So listen, Annabelle, she's, she digs deep. She patient zero, baby. Hmm. It was a mistake acknowledging that, doll. <laughs> here we're talking about brahms but that fucking annabelle still always (laughs) finds her way in well i did think to myself while watching brahms the boy too that oh well he does more than she does all he does is like turn his head (laughs) and then occasionally look at the camera (laughs) yeah all he does is look at things but that's more than she does so at least we'll get into that we'll get into the annabelle brahms dichotomy because it is rich yeah. Oh, it's very rich. <laughs> it's rich very, terrain. Very rich. Just rich, richly waiting to be fracked. Oh, God. <sighs> you say to yourself, Brahms the boy, too. Huh? Have you seen the first movie? It was a wall person. The doll was not evil at all. Spoiler alert, Stacey Ponder. Well. I mean, we did expressly say that and situate it behind a spoiler alert wall in a previous episode. Right. When we talked about our reactions to seeing the Brom the Boy 2 trailer. Yeah. As is our place as internet people. We talk about our reactions to media. <laughs> we unbox them. We unbox them. 
Um, but yeah, it's the first movie. I mean, the first movie, like, I think we were both surprised, right? Like, it's a good movie. I, lo- I love the first one. I think it's fun. It's- I went in expecting an evil doll movie. I got so much more. And I had a really great time with it. Yeah. I really liked that movie. You get, like, three-fourths of an evil doll movie. And then you get, like, fucking creepy-ass wall person straight out of the Pact era, which I love the Pact. And this, like, kind of followed some similar similar cues. Yeah, there's Hell Knight vibes. And, you know, Hell yeah. Knight is one of my favorites. Yeah. 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 Bra- I mean, Brahms was not a, a mechanic. And nor was uh, Maggie no. from The Walking Dead. But... You get lots of lots of shared vibes. Really surprisingly great film because when we all saw that trailer, we thought, "Oh my god, a British haunted doll movie." Mm-hmm. And then you watch and you think, "Oh my god, I'm watching." Oh, this is kind of creepy. Oh, it's a wall. Per- what? And then it's terrifying, mm-hmm. and you love it, and you're like, you walk away saying, "That was so much better than I thought it was going to be." Slash, it truly had any right to be. And then along comes the sequel. <laughs> Despite the fact that Wallperson has been vanquished. Right. Tis not the doll. The doll was a red herring. Mm-hmm. Twas Wallperson. Twas Wall, not doll. <laughs> what could a sequel be? How could there be a sequel? He's dead. Brahms, who is the name, what was the name of the actual Wallperson? is vanquished so when i see little katie holmes and little little gay little child picking up that doll out of the dirt i say clot say oh. oh if we were tim allen we would say i always get those every time what was Home Improvement? I don't know. Did they? But just... I always think that the Seinfeld theme both starts and ends with Tim Allen. Uh? It never does, but it fits. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Okay, that does work. Yeah, that does work. All right, Brahms the Boy Two. We're in one of those horror movie houses. You know, why do these horror movie families, they live in these fucking, like, chrome and glass cubes? (laughs) They're always the... They're always the 1% because I find nothing as relatable or bone-chilling in horror as actual, like, middle-class or poor people (laughs) that I can relate to. These houses where there's no warmth whatsoever, you know, like, they're all... It's just, they're all in those houses. I don't it's, get it. It's like Frank Lloyd Wright without the artistry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the London home, Katie Holmes is there. And I say to myself, I just can't really come to grips with adult Katie Holmes. <laughs> like, there's something about, like, Michelle Williams, fine. All the other ones from Dawson's Creek, fine. But there's something about Katie Holmes that, like, maybe her face still looks so like a teenager's face or something, but I just can't accept the fact that she's like 45 and a mother it is and a, playing mothers. There's something uncanny about it. It is a little shocking, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And then my AARP magazine comes in and I get distracted. <laughs> so it's fun. With Katie Holmes on the cover. <laughs> Katie Holmes on the cover. <laughs> 
doing her she's on her hover round in front of the grand canyon (laughs) yeah so okay so there whatever she's got a kid and then uh and then (laughs) this is exactly what the screenplay says by the way (laughs) pretty much and then late one night there's a noise in the house and there are these masked 'er ne'er-do-wells and they attack her and it's really traumatic and she almost dies and the kid goes into like so you know selective mutism like he turns into holly hunter in the piano (laughs) and he's got he's got his little pad around his neck just like she had the chalkboard when she wrote on it like the piano is mine it's mine so he writes on it like i want more corn or whatever just like little kid bullshit it was potatoes and he did he cutely left out the e potatoes thank you very much because he's a bad speller he also adopts he also adopts the trope of the scribbling child with demented pictures scribbling child with demented pictures very alessa gillespie yes very every child from the ring very every child ever um (laughs) So it's a traumatic time for all of them. The kid's not talking. Katie Holmes is having night terrors. They decide to get away from their chrome palace. (laughs) Or is it a prison? (laughs) The modern day panopticon. (laughs) And they go out to the country to Heelshire Farms, which I know is supposed to be Hillshire. The way the British say it, but I'm sorry. When I saw it in the description of Brahms the Boy 2, I said, really, it's called Heelshire Farms, which is just <laughs> the way a Southern person would say Hillshire Farms, which is known for their smoked meat and cheeses. <laughs> Heelshire Farms! And you can get them at the kiosk at the mall in Christmas time. Get them at the kiosk at Christmas. You put out that cheese with the nuts all over it. Your smoked sausage patty platter. Mm-hmm. So they go to Heelshire Farms. Everything is fine. Uh, they go out she does woods. not become an influencer for Heelshire Farms. <laughs> Uh, they start to hear whispers like the the kid does, and so does Katie Holmes. You know, like when they're in a room and it's just sort of a. They go for a walk in the woods, and there's a tiny porcelain hand sticking out of the scrub. Always a good sign. Always a good sign. The child digs it up, and sure enough, it's old Bromsey. <laughs> they take him home and clean him up, and you say to yourself. Brahms is a Jared Kushner-looking motherfucker. He's the fucking Jared Kushner-looking motherfucker, absolutely. Like, spitting image, right? So the kid, uh, you know, loves the Brahms, takes the Brahms everywhere. The next thing you know, the Brahms has a set of rules that he's the dictating Brahms? to the kid. The <laughs> <laughs> he calls him the Brahms. Have you thought of a name for him? This is the Brahms. The Brahms. <laughs> it's the Brahms here on Heelshire Farms. So Brahms has a bunch of rules, right? Like literally a list of rules. No guests in the house. A new Brahms outfit every day. <laughs> Keep Brahms neat and clean. Good night, kiss. Good night, kiss for Brahms. Brahms wants that cheese with the nuts on it. Please, sir, I'd like another bedtime story. Brahms, change jam Brahms into jammies. <laughs> slice up that 
summer sausage. Little creepy creep for Bromsy. <laughs> I thought, like, there's so many tropes. There's the neighbor and the neighbor's dog who thinks there's something hinky. The neighbor is played by the dad from the witch. Yeah. So the dad from the witch and the dog are, like, looking at Brahms like, oh, something's not right with that doll. <laughs> Katie Holmes is like, I don't trust that doll. Something's she, not right. Katie Holmes spends the entire movie just shadily staring at this little twink doll. Yeah. The entire it's, movie. It's, it's always the suspicious mother in these movies, right? Like, you look at Orphan, it's always the mom is like, something's not right, our son is talking about murdering us, and the doll is holding a knife, <laughs> and, and there's, there's blood everywhere, and her husband is like, you're really over Why are you such a bitch? <laughs> Why are you such a bitch? So it, like, hits on that trope. It hits on the fucking Brahms.com trope where Katie Holmes has to go on Brahms.com to look yes. up information about this doll. Yes, There's... part D, Brahms.com. <laughs> Brahms.com versus Ina Bell. It's all yeah. I want. <laughs> the disturbing child drawings, the suspicious outsider. It's, like, all the tropes of this genre of either killer kids or killer dolls. The like, dead dog. The dead dog. It checks off all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, nonsensical things that happen. Like Katie Holmes ends up with visions where things go blurry. And it's like, oh, I guess I can't break the rules because otherwise Brahms will shoot moths at me out of his mouth. <laughs> In what is actually a waking hallucination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they're a little troubled, but things seem to be fine. The kid starts dressing like Brahms. Like, they turn into one of those lesbian couples that dresses alike, and you can't tell them apart anymore. Do the parents have the clothes all ready to go for him? Did he order exactly. them? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did, did it come in, he just had a matching pair in Brahms' little wardrobe? <laughs> yeah, Brahms came with all the same clothes in two sizes. <laughs> Uh, this Hillshire farm where they're staying is not at the mall, but it's on the grounds of the house from the original movie. It should be at the mall. It should be at the mall. <laughs> and then imagine? it's about capitalism. <laughs> Do you get it? Directed by George Romero. <laughs> Probs the point to by George Romero. <laughs> Uh, so they go over to the original house, the kid finds a Brahms mask, and it's like, really, I mean, it's really like persona, you know what I mean? It very Where it's much like, is. Like, wow, this really fits in that subgenre of like, who's who anymore? Yeah, it's like, I can't like tell where one psyche and one id ends, man, and where the other begins, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> some family comes to visit there's an accident where some obnoxious kid falls on a stick i like that part <clears throat> i liked it but it's like okay this is all the boxes but all you're doing is proving to me yet again that the world of the heterosexual is a sick and boring life <laughs> yep. like that's all these movies do is like my vagina turns inside out <laughs> so then like no baby will ever escape my uterus turns to powder <gasps> And floats away on the wind. <laughs> Goodbye, uterus. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. It's just like all these movies do is like tell you they, that this life is so boring. The They're straight all people. Uh, why do they live in such ugly, boring homes? 
They live in ugly, boring homes. They don't like each other very much. They don't talk to each other. The kids are always shitty and like homicidal. Yeah. Everyone just stares at everyone uncomfortably. There's so much staring in this movie. We get so many shots of Brahms's face and then Katie Holmes's face and then Brahms's face and then Katie Holmes's face. <laughs> and it's like, just kiss already! <laughs> anyway, when they go to the old house, like, and when she goes on Brahms.com, we see Brahms. <laughs> We see Brahms throughout time and how all the families have had this doll and the child always kills the parents and gets murderous. And there's like, oh, here's the old timey Victorian newspaper that talks about Brahms. Here's Here's the the pity dreadful. (laughs) Here's the sepia toned picture that he got at Six Flags. The Wild West Fair. The Wild West Fair. Brahms has always been around. Brahms and his little, um, his little cow, Wild West burlesque showgirl look. <laughs> <laughs> when he kicks up, does his little can-can. Yeah, he's got the little halter on his thigh. Yeah. <laughs> A new halter for Brahms every day. Yeah, then Boz Lerman's just like, oh, just, just put him in Moulin Rouge too. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, so then it's like, is the kid going to kill his parents or not? It turns out that uh, the dad from The Witch is... Whatever, who cares? Brahms. He's crazy Joe. He's crazy Joe and Brahms was influencing him too. The next thing you know, uh, the dad hits Brahms in the face. The porcelain comes off and his California raisin-esque realness (laughs) is revealed. (laughs) Including a teeth, an eye hole made out of teeth and a butthole mouth. Is that not a butthole mouth? He has a butthole. It's a full-on butthole mouth. It's a full-on shriveled butthole mouth. (laughs) And you better watch out, because moths will come out of it if you make him mad. Uh, The kid throws Brahms in the fire at the end. You say to yourself, is this a tax shelter movie? Why did I watch this? It's so boring. It hits all the tropes we've seen a million times before, and it is so boring. Nobody dies except Brahms. (laughs) And the dog. And the dog, no people die. I don't even know if Crazy Joe was dead or not. They don't really go into they it. They might have he... had to throw out that little shitty cousin's <clears throat> shirt after he fell through the spike on his shoulder. Uh, they're back in their crystal fucking fortress of solitude <laughs> at the end. Uh, they're having dinner. The mom comes in. <laughs> and the dad. Superman's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The dad says, how was your day, dear? And she says, really good i think we might sign that writer that i was talking about and he says ha 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 oh good here's some coco van is everybody ready for dinner and i'm like this is the extent of their conversation as a couple also Why? also that's the first time we learn anything about her character or what she does <laughs> is in the last scene of the movie yeah and then the kid goes to bed and puts his brahms mask on and is like and that's the end. <laughs> Brahms, the boy too. I just saved all of you $9.99 and embarrassment in front of your Xboxes. You're welcome. If you mean significant others. Your significant, your partners. Your I'm significant sorry. significant Xbox. <laughs> Maybe you just have a GameCube. I don't know. <laughs> Who am I to gender? Who am I to gender your console? <laughs> 
You're welcome. $9.99. You know what they always said? They said those gays get married next thing people are going to be marrying animals. Next, you know what? If we let the gays get married, the next thing you know, they're going to be fucking their Xboxes. It's going to be console. It's going to be Ataris for days. It's going <laughs> to be Human Centipede, but with a Nintendo 64. <laughs> That's right. Oh, this movie was so bad. <laughs> was it? <laughs> it was so boring. Oh, it's, I have to say, here's what I'll say about it. At least... Thank God for that 86-minute runtime. And I'll say this because I'm looking at you, Annabelle 3, the three-hour experience. <laughs> Literally, Annabelle 3 is two and a half hours mm-hmm. of a whole lot of nothing trying to be Night at the Museum spooky style. At the very least, this gives us 86 minutes and some pitter-patter of feet off screen. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> He does move, at least. He moves. There's that great scene when Katie Holmes walks out of the room and the camera moves in front of him. And then he doesn't turn to face where Katie Holmes is. He turns and looks directly at the camera because he breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. And if that's not saying something. That's art. It's art. Thank you. (laughs) It's art. I just, it's like, it's nuts. Like, I don't, who was this movie for? Besides us, obviously. They got our money. Yes. But it's not scary. Not at all. Uh, it doesn't doesn't do anything new at all. It just hits, like I said, all the tropes of killer kids, killer dolls, but not in any way that's interesting. Uh, It's just pointless. Yeah. It's like, was it, some, was it, did they all have community service and they had to make this movie? <laughs> Well, and what's hilarious and so unbelievable is that, especially when you talk about it, it's pointless, it very much comes across as like just a cash-in. Yeah. Which, like, when I saw the tra- the trailer the first time and I, I watched and I said, I gotta see that because those moths shoot out, at, out of his mouth at her. I have to see this. I think they're going to try to retcon it and make it a haunted doll story, even though the first one was not that at all. I said to myself, I said... This has to be one of those studio cash-ins where they just hire some filmmaker that that made one feature that got some attention and needs the money, so they're just going to give this poor filmmaker... Like, like, like. did you ever see The Pack 2? I never saw The Pack 2 because I heard it was terrible. Terrible. Terrible movie. I reject it. It's not canon. But it is very much... It felt like it was going to be that kind of scenario where The Pact was made by, what, Nicholas... Um, Yes. Guy that I haven't liked one of his movies <laughs> yeah. since, but I love the pact. It's made by him. So then they get somebody else who maybe could have done a good job, but and they just give them a terrible script and have them make the movie. And it's a terrible movie. This time I was like, okay, so that's what this is. It's just a cash and they and then I look and it's the same filmmakers. Yeah. They made the same they made the first movie, which we know is good, and they had a great idea, and they found an entry point. Yeah. And then the same filmmaker said, you know what? Money. (laughs) Yeah, they did not have an idea for this. And I respect that. (laughs) (laughs) They literally said, they looked at Annabelle, did they not? And they said, we could have a piece of that pie. Yeah. They said, we got a creepy haunted porcelain doll that doesn't do anything, too. 
<laughs> All she does is sit there. Why don't we do that? That's true. And then they created a haunted doll movie in which the doll actually is haunted, unlike Annabelle. Like, because we all know Annabelle's a... Okay, I guess we don't know what she is, but (laughs) neither do the filmmakers. But we know that she is not herself the ghost. Right. It's a demon that sometimes picks her up and waves her around and says, howdy. (laughs) But Brahms actually is as is revealed through in place of like the 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 going through the microfilm or what's the actual name for it microfiche going through the microfiche sequence like when clarice starling our icon hero um you know went through and she she saw the information and she put two and two together right and she solved the mystery (laughs) we get the great brahms.com scene I love, I love that now the microfiche is replaced with Google in movies. And and I love, I love that all this information is public domain. And you can even make an appointment to sit down and talk with someone who's like, oh yeah, that doll's haunted and it killed everyone that's ever lived in that house. (laughs) But no realtor is going to tell you that. (laughs) Right, yeah. They just stop at the first website that they find. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then they said, okay, so... So we have an actual haunted doll now with a haunted doll storyline, and many people have died, and yet we're still going to want that more of that Annabelle pie, so our haunted doll is also going to sit there and not do anything. hmm <sighs> And they try to have both, and I love them for, for not pulling it off. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are Brahms' powers? What are his powers? He can influence a child. He can flip a table, but doesn't move. Right. Like, he doesn't move, but he can flip the table. He can make you think he's shooting moths at you. Yeah, he can... Does So, is he telekinetic? Because we can see, also, he can lift up a guy in the air, like Darth, like he's like Darth Vader, and he can <laughs> choke the, the, the dad from the witch and lift him up. And he can also shoot fire out of a furnace with yeah. his mind. Yep. But then... But then does he also, like, does he, the doll, go out at night and kill a dog? (laughs) Are we to believe that Brahms just went out and killed a dog? Right. Or did the kid kill the dog? Did he have the kid do it? Did he have the dad from the witch do it? Who cares? Who made this doll that actually is just a butthole mouth? Is it, what is it? (laughs) Why? Like, why? 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 And, like, is it, like, Child's Play 2 where they took, like, the components and then built them over the original doll? Right. Because, as we learn on the Brahms.com sequence, when Katie Holmes goes to the Historical Doll Research and Archive Library website, (laughs) she finds out how to type, how to find a doll's, um... Uh, serial number yeah the serial number like so like when you buy a gun and she it's like on it. its hand which is a play it's really hidden like you never when do you see a doll's hand except always and except no one's ever noticed day. the serial number on it and there is a serial <laughs> number and brahms is registered on this website and is a doll but they don't actually tell you anything about the doll's history so it's like yeah, and- why does this doll with a registered serial number also have a horrible, evil, demonic butthole mouth underneath its porcelain that they made a point of saying this was cracked before and it was fixed? Right. When but- Katie Holmes also busts out her antique doll restoration kit. 
<laughs> including her sea sponge and long <laughs> Q-tips. Long Q-tips. Yeah, I, like, that's the thing. It's like, okay, he's registered. You think you're going to get some history, but you just get Brahms through the ages. You get that Six Flags picture. And it's like, it doesn't answer anything. It just shows a pattern. But who is Brahms? We still don't know. Maybe that's to come in Brahms. Boy, oh boy, three. Oh, Stacy, I just got it. Huh? Who is Brahms? At the end, Brahms. Oh my God, Stacy. At the end, Brahms is the boy, too. <gasps> the boy also. Do you get it? Oh, my God. Oh Sta- my Do you think God. that's literally what they meant? I honestly think. Because at the end, that's literally what. <laughs> oh, brother. Did they really mean that with the title? Because <laughs> I was like, that's a really weird title. Maybe. <laughs> Brahms is the boy, too, Stacy. Oh, my God. Brahms is a- I could be Brahms. <laughs> Brahms could and be any one of us. And oh. I am Brahms. <laughs> I am Brahms. Hashtag me Brahms. Um, <laughs> do you not love? I love. Speaking of that serial number, I just love that sequence when Katie Holmes tries typing in. Well, first she sneaks into the room right with sleeping child, um, and she sneaks in with her flashlight, and. She goes up to Brahms and she she looks at his hand because she learns on the website it's either on the hand or the foot. She looks at the hand and when she picks up the hand, Brahms smiles because mm-hmm. he's like, nee, 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 it's not on my hand. So then she looks on the foot and she sees 606H, right? And then she types it into the Google and then and then Google says, that's not, an, that's not a registered number. And she throws away the paper. But then later, after hearing the stories towards the end of the movie she goes back on the website and she takes the paper and she turns it upside down Mm -hmm. and she realizes that 606h is actually h909 you know what i would have (laughs) liked would have been if she looked at his foot (laughs) she was like oh okay the number is 5318008 she's like oh no that doesn't work and then she turns it upside down and it spells boobies. <laughs> That's what Jason was saying, like, oh, God, please let it spell out hell when she turns it upside down. Because <laughs> Brahms was registered by a child with a calculator in, <laughs> in second grade math class. Shell oil. They're behind this. <laughs> <laughs> what about I a better see movie? You, Texas Instruments and your <laughs> evil doll scheme. Big calculator, you gotta look Big out calc. for. Big calc. <laughs> well, oh, this movie was a waste of my time, but that's okay. I have nothing but time these days. <laughs> Here we are. I look, women who live in poison ivy box set houses. <laughs> Cannot shoot moths. Okay. So, whatever, Stacy. Put that on a bumper sticker. Put that on a bumper sticker. <laughs> See how many car accidents you cause. What does that say? <laughs> Women who... <laughs> Women who what? Oh, I love this movie. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm so never bad. watching it again. Well, but you know what? Does... I, I feel what's going to happen. I already, I can predict it already. 
Oh, I no. feel the Rumpelstiltskin effect already kicking in, even as we talk about this, which means it's a terrible movie. As I watch it, I say, this is a terrible movie. I'm never going to watch this again. And then I talk about it and I think about it and I say, Rumpelstiltskin is amazing. It's so good. <laughs> I have to watch Rumpelstiltskin. And then I do and I immediately regret And I just feel that Brahms the Boy 2 is going to become one of those movies for me where uh, six months from now, I'll be like, God damn, I love Brahms the Boy 2. <laughs> Stacy, let me remind you. I mean, not I'm, I would never want to imply that history repeats itself or that we could learn anything <laughs> from looking back at instances of the past, especially not in terms of like the wide span of like a global pandemic. Um, but I would like to just point out that at one point in time, you did spend a year talking shit about Annabelle until one day you started laughing hysterically to yourself and said, I love Annabelle. I love Annabelle. <laughs> and now some might say that you are the world's foremost expert on Annabelle. <laughs> I am giving a lecture at an academic conference. <laughs> About Annabelle. Published a viral article about Annabelle. Yeah. That's true. Who knows where I'll be when Brahms 3 comes out? I might say. Brahms.com. 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 Brahms is running a chat room (laughs) with Elizabeth Bathory and Annabelle. And Velvet 50 signs Velvet on. 50. They all live in that A-frame that oh. Nico Masteraki's lives in that he puts in .com for murder in the wind. Oh. That's you where know. they run their their uh, their um, servers. Yeah. <laughs> they keep their servers there. Oh. Well, it could happen. I'll say Brahms is everything I hate and everything I want to be. <laughs> I want to be neat and clean all the time. Who doesn't? I, it's the pandemic. I would love a new Brahms clothes every day. Exactly. Exactly. I also no guests. Thank no you. No guests. No guests. Thank you. No guests allowed. Always a meal for Brahms. Always a meal for Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Brahms is the self-care icon that we might need. That's true. In these, especially in these trying COVID-19 times. I need a kiss goodnight. I need no guests. I need new clothes. I need neat and clean. I need a bedtime story and a good meal. Yeah. Oh my God. With my best friend always and forever. If Annabelle caused the pandemic, Brahms is going to get us through it. Brahms is leading by example, Stacy. Oh no. It's happening. I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> I feel an article coming on. Oh god, we need church class and rosaries. <laughs> <laughs> I love Brahms. Oh no. <laughs> I feel it. I feel an article coming on about how <laughs> Bra- Brahms' rules. Brahms' rules! Are going to get us through the pandemic. Uh-oh. Well, that was short. That was a very short <laughs> That wasn't even six months. That was five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. See, that's speaking truth to power. 
That's that courage of your convictions. It, it's the courage of your convictions. You do what is right, even if it's uncomfortable and you don't like it. We said on the last episode, we're not perfect either. <laughs> well, definitely. I think we've And now it. here's all of your proof. And yeah, <laughs> here we not... are. 56 minutes of proof, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's here just mirrors mirror even for me on my own personal eat pray love journey a year like you know just mere moments ago i was thinking when you brought up the rules i'm thinking okay in the first movie the rules made sense because it was of course you leave out food because then the wall person can come out of the wall and eat it right right you don't have guests because they will figure out that there's something weird going on in the house and then eventually kill wall person like she did. Mm-hmm. Right? So then why does Brahms, the doll himself, have rules that do not work out, that do, don't serve the doll in any way? Yeah. What well, is he so actually I, getting? It's a power I, trip. I selfishly thought he wasn't getting anything from them, Stacy, mm. But he was t- teaching me oh, to... He- look out for myself leading by example he's the self-care guru we need he's a guru (laughs) he's an influencer brahms is brahms has that blue check mark (laughs) yeah yeah huh he has a blue check mark he has a a 24-hour wedding chapel and furnace (laughs) hashtag self-care hashtag shoot malts All right. All right. Well, fine. My mind has don't, been changed. Don't physically shoot the moths. The gun violence is bad enough. Right. But yes. Yes. Issue for, hashtag issue fourth mouth moth from gullet. Mm. It needs to be workshopped. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess I'm a flip flopper. <laughs> well, look at you, John Kerry. I'm going to yeah. swift boat out of here. <laughs> Swift boat myself on out of heel shop <laughs> Um, so on your next view, Stacy, pay attention to some of these questions, okay? Um, besides, you know, the the really gaping questions like why does he have that butthole mouth? Ask yourself questions like, uh, why is the mask that the kid wears at the end CGI on his face? That entire sequence. Mm. Why is it shaking up and down like the collars I saw on those cats when I watched that little train wreck trip to hell? Mm. Ask yourself, ask yourself these questions. I thought I had more, but I... Oh, another! Why does Brahms... Is it just me or does Brahms and the dad, do they share a striking uh, semblance to Fiona Shaw? Hmm? What? Don't you think? <laughs> I feel like they both look like they could. I feel like if you put Fiona Shaw and the dad and Brahms in the same room, they could all play a family. What? I think so. And I'm not, I don't mean that as an insult to Fiona Shaw. I love Fiona Shaw. Sounds homophobic to me. Well, it is because she's a lesbian, but. Yeah. <laughs> and listen. I just can't, I just can't say they clearly modeled the Brahms on Jared Kushner. Like. They had to have. They are twins. Do you know he's like married? Isn't he? Is he married? I think he's married. I think I learned that. Anyway. Jared Kushner? Yeah, he's married to uh, Ivanka Trump. Wait. Oh, wait. I was thinking. Oh, my God. My brain was broken. I was thinking. Um, What's his name? 
You're right. He does look like Jared Kushner, but I was thinking the other one. Stephen Miller? Yeah, that little... Yeah. Now, who he's... Knew, who knew that coronavirus could be the second worst thing that could happen to someone? <laughs> Married Stephen Miller. What the fuck? He's definitely... I mean, and I don't mean to yuck your yum. I'm not trying to offend you because hashtag not all Stacey Ponders, but he's clearly married to an Xbox. That's all I have to say. <laughs> he's married no. to his can of spray hair. Well, I'm glad you love Brahms as much as I do. Yeah. So bad. I don't ever want to watch it again. <laughs> Clearly we're on day 70. Yep. Um, and with that said, I'm sure... I'm sure one day we'll happily review Brahms 3, 4, 5, 6, and iBrahms. Absolutely. And Look for my article about Brahms and self-care in the time of coronavirus. There, honestly, there might be something to I'm it. not kidding. <laughs> It'll give me something to do. Oh, God. Why do we do this to ourselves? I don't know. Stacy. before we dig ourselves any further in a horrible K-hole, do we have a listener <laughs> question today? We actually do. There's two questions that are tied together. Uh, okay. The questions come from Patrick. What is the scariest or just your favorite bathroom scene in horror and what is the scariest room in the house your house in particular or houses in general Hmm. well bathroom scenes huh there's a lot and yet it's hard to think of any (laughs) yeah yeah i thought of three off the top of my head And I said, I'm going to stop there, because why think about it too hard? If these three have impacted you so much that you think of them right away, that's good enough. Also, in this age, those could be the last three thoughts you'll ever have. I mean, any thought could be the last thought that I have, so Mm -hmm. they better all be good ones. Uh, Bathroom scenes. Number one, Candyman. Oh! I hear you looking for Candyman, bitch. When Helen wanders into that public bathroom, and there's poop everywhere, and graffiti. Like all public bathrooms. Like all public bathrooms. It's a very realistic portrayal. Uh, yeah, I thought of the Candyman bathroom. I think of uh, Poltergeist, when <gasps> the dude rips his face off. Oh, that's the worst scene. It's the worst scene. And I remember I saw that as a youth, and... I made my mom take me to the bathroom because I thought I was going to throw up from it. I did not throw up. I don't even know if I felt like I had to throw up. But that scene was a lot. It's 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 the thing that sticks with me, yeah. It's yeah, a lot. it's disgusting. And the third bathroom scene from a movie, I don't know if you've ever seen it, uh, from the 1980 version of Maniac. Oh, no, no, I'm too afraid to watch Maniac because I, I, I own the poster, but I'm too scared because it just seems so like like it's going to be so scuzzy, grungy, gross. It's incredibly scuzzy, grungy, gross. Um, it's interesting in that you're not like the killer uh, hates himself uh, and would like to stop killing, but can't stop killing. But he really loathes himself as much as the audience does. And so it's mm. like, we're not being asked to identify with him. 
which I think it's not, uh, I mean, yeah, it's like women getting killed and scalped. Um, so there's that. <laughs> but it isn't glorifying. But it's not glorifying it. It's but not, it is still, we, you're being dragged through the mud with this guy, I guess. You're being dragged through the mud. We do really identify with the victims. Like, they're real people, even when it's like a short thing. It's like, it's an interesting movie in that it could just be written off as wildly misogynist and super violent. But I think its emphasis and point of view in all of this kind of is counter to that. Mm. Yeah, so I it's... just I just read um I just read Zombie by Joyce Carol Oates, mm-hmm. and it was like her kind of like post Dahmer sort of book. It was very really similar to that that real life story. Um, and it was that same kind of thing where you're like, oh, this is disgusting, but it's so like it's pointing light at the. Problem. right yeah exactly but then you also have to wade through the problem <laughs> to get there right yeah 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 so it's an interesting movie to watch it's like i appreciate it i don't know that i'd say that i like it because i don't know if it's like a bull um but i do appreciate that film um but there's an incredible sequence where he's like kind of stalking a woman through a subway and she ends up in the public bathroom in the subway in new york city and he kills her in there and it's really terrifying not just because she's in a subway bathroom in new york city but because it's just a really well executed scene Um, also like i mean we're talking about bathrooms but also subway like all subway scenes are so good and creepy i don't yeah they're so scary yeah subways are scary as fuck like everything with subway is so distressing i yeah yeah universal terror a subway late at night when you're like the only person down there is always scary (laughs) oh my mom and i got lost on the the u-bahn system once in germany for like three hours that was terrifying yeah it was like middle of the night yeah so i highly recommend do i recommend it i mean i recommend i highly recommend maniac if it's something you think you will be able to watch i guess yeah one day i'll have to watch it yeah like I got the, a, a friend gave me the poster because the, the it's poster, an iconic poster. It's so iconic. But even that, but it's like, I can hang it up, but then I can be like, oh, it, even that, that image itself kind of has that misogyny in it. Cause it's like a gross dude, his bulgy pants, his holding the woman's scalp, the big Bowie mm-hmm. knife. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's definitely left its mark on horror. So. Oh yeah. I would like to see what you think. Maybe we should force ourselves to do it. Yeah. I would, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would do that. While it's definitely. Commemorative Brahms doll. Yeah, it's definitely scuzzy. It's got that scuzzy 1980 horror movie grindhouse feel. Yeah. So, there you go. Those are my three bathroom picks. Good. Yeah, I mean, I I thought of a bunch. I mean, there's the classic. I mean, obviously, we have the... <laughs> my mouth just broke. <laughs> I just turned into a washing machine on this. Um, <laughs> but you have the, the, the classic shower scene in Psycho, right? We've got... Or the more contemporary Robert Zemeckis ripoff of Michelle Pfeiffer in the bathtub in What Lies Beneath. Or we've got... I could only think of bathtub sequences. We've got... The Shining. Uh, the Shining. We've got Slither. We've got... There's so many... So much bathtub material. Um, yeah, the fucking woman in The Shining. Oh, that might be the scariest one. Yeah. But I would say in the book. in the For me, in the book, it was so much creepier than in the movie. Um but the what I zeroed in on the favorite because the in the question I fro- he said scariest slash favorite and I zeroed in on my favorite, and my favorite uh, goes to. Did you ever see ABCs of Death? No. 
it's really bad so you did a good job um it's it's you know it's like a short each it's one of those anthologies but it's 20 how many letters are in the alphabet 24 26 do they change it every year depending on (laughs) farmers So there's, you know, however many letters you said, 28 alphabet letters. So there's, so there's 29 shorts for each letter of the alphabet. And, and each one is a different way someone can die. And they're all, they're all just bad. Um, because it turns out making a short film in like two minutes is actually really hard to make something like impactful. Um, and, but the, the one that is so good is T is for toilet and it's a claymation short made by Lee Hardcastle. And it is so funny to me because ABC's a death. I mean, not to knock the producers or the filmmakers. There's filmmakers I like that did stuff in there. There's, there's bits that I remember. But they did a contest because they left T open for people to just submit shorts on the internet and could win by vote. Mm. Lee Hardcastle, who's this claymation like animator that I really like, um, he did like bumpers for Adult Swim and... He's been getting more and more work lately. Um, he submitted T is for Toilet, and it won, and it made it in the movie. And it was hilarious to me that it's the only genuinely successful short. <laughs> it's right. The, the thing that just was up for chance. Um, but it's a little kid uh, going to use the bathroom in the middle of the night, and he hallucinates, like he imagines a monster, like the toilet turning into a monster, and he's so scared of the toilet. And then one night he finally finally like summons his strength and gets on the toilet and then his parents come in and they see him and they're so proud of him because he's using the toilet for the first time but then like some horrible freak accident happens in that moment and a shelf falls and the kid ends up like his head ends up being exploded on the toilet and (laughs) it's just it's like gross it's gory it's so funny it's just like over the top uh great animation too um so Tia's for Toilet. That's my favorite bathroom sequence. All right. Yeah, big fan. Good for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I suffered through all you. those 26 letters just so I could get to a good Ugh. one. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, what's the scariest room in the house? Your house in particular or houses in general? I mean, the obvious answer is the underground cellar red room. Yeah, it's always the basement, right? It's always that weird nook and cranny room. It's always, like, either behind a creepy door that does not look right, or it's hidden in a wall. Yeah. And then you open it, and it's all red, or it's, like, just exposed brick or something, or or Jennifer Lawrence in front of a furnace. You don't know why it's down there. (laughs) Yeah. It's an unfinished basement. No, thank you. Yeah. Oh, one time we were, our friend was house sitting. And so we, we had a spooky like seance sleepover because uh, his friend was saying how this, his house was super, super haunted and everyone's had all these horrible experiences there. And so we're like, let's have a seance <laughs> and go spend the night there as like 30 year old adults. Right. <laughs> and so we went over and um, we went down in the basement and there was this room where the whole basement was basically finished. But then when you open this one door Everything was just like crumbly foundation and gross old cement, and it was like we dare we would dare each other to stand in there for like two minutes with alone <laughs> without any lights on. It was terrifying. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, always the basement. So I'd say that, or I'd say, um, more realistically for me, any hallway at night. Oh yeah, forget it. 
the second you turn off a light and you're like walking to your bedroom and you're like okay i have to turn off this light now yeah is that not just the moment of universal horror oh yeah i guess my thing turn off the lights in any room in the house is a chamber of horrors absolutely absolutely well what did we learn today new clothes every day (laughs) no guests eat food be neat and clean kiss good night kiss good night bedtime story good lessons for all of us terrible film <laughs> you're welcome don't spend your 9.99 on it someone out there is saying stacy don't spend your 9.99 on that blu-ray box set of poison ivy <laughs> of but course I... it only costs 9.99 <laughs> yeah right but i can't hear you so uh tune in next time and see if there's any developments in that regard in space no one can hear you tell someone not to buy a poison ivy box set exactly that's the the famous tagline it's the famous tagline it was strange but we all went with it it was a different time we just went with it that ad man got fired yeah Oh, well, uh, if you have a question for us, you could send it in any of our social medias or the emails. Uh, you can rate us on iTunes. If that's where you listen to us, feel free. Otherwise, whatever. It's a pandemic. In the best of times, I don't care. In the worst of times, I also don't care. Do what you want. Goodbye. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! Oh Oh my my god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, ha, ha.